but I think overall it's probably lack of resources. Like I have friends in different counties and stuff that don't have access to a lot of basic things that you think you need in a classroom. Welcome to Better Together with Kosti Epifonsiv, a podcast on parenting, business, and living life intentionally. We're here every week to bring you thoughtful conversation on making your own path to success, challenging the status quo, and finding all the ways we're better together. Here's your host, Kosti Epifonsiv. Hey guys, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, Spencer Kennan, or as his students may know him, Mr. Kennan. We're talking about why teachers are leaving the public school system and the current standing of our education. Spencer is a teacher of integrated math who has worked in education for four years and has decided to leave the school system at the end of this semester. When he's not shaping the next generation, he enjoys slapping the base on Instagram, being MVP of his pickup basketball team and reliably rolling a nat 20 to protect his party when playing Dungeons and Dragons. So Spencer, let me start off by asking what character are you currently playing in Dungeons and Dragons? Right now I'm a rogue. Nice. And any specific reason? Not really. It just sounded pretty cool. Sounded easy. And I went with it. Super dope, man. I like that. So from the beginning, I'm sure you knew this would be a labor of love. What or who inspired you to become a teacher? Well, honestly, I didn't really want to be a teacher at first. I got into math for the research purposes that really interested me. And it wasn't until I got to graduate school where I had to, for part of my assistantship, teach classes and tutor kids. In those moments was where I really figured out like, oh, this is really fulfilling to find a way to explain to this person something that they didn't know before and get to know them as a person in the process. It felt easy and comfortable for me and just like overall fulfilling. Is it hard to teach math? I mean, it's a lot easier if you enjoy it. I like talking about math because it's something I like. It's easy up front, but it's hard with all the background stuff. This goes without saying, so much is changing day by day. What is the biggest challenge facing teachers right now? I can only speak for from my perspective. And at my school, I'm pretty privileged and I acknowledge that uh, with the people I work with and the students I have. But I think overall is probably lack of resources. Like I have friends in different counties and stuff that don't have access to a lot of basic things that you think you need in a classroom. And that just really stinks to not have something that would help me do what I think is best for my kids. What do they do to get those resources? A lot of them like spend their own money to go buy them. They spend their own money that they earn to buy resources for their classroom. Right. So like I mentioned before, you decided not to continue your journey as a public school teacher. What changed your mind? Well, I think the number one reason was the amount of stress and anxiety didn't equate to how I felt. I hate to say being paid, but that's part of it. Um, and also being valued as a teacher, it didn't seem worth it. You know, I've never really experienced anxiety or what I would call a panic attack pretty much ever until the past couple of years while teaching. I mean, even when I was in grad school doing these really hard things all day long and trying to pass all these exams, I didn't feel what I feel as a teacher. And it's not comfortable. It doesn't, it just doesn't seem worth what it is, I guess. Sure. So you're in class and you get a panic attack. Is that kind of how it happened? Or? Uh, 
No, not so much in class. In class, it's I'm flowing. It feels good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, when the bell rings, I'm going and nice. I'm ready. Um, it's mostly, for instance, the past couple breaks from school, the night before we go back, I just have felt this just overwhelming sense of like anxiety and I just didn't want to go. I mean, not to be weird, but I remember sitting on my couch feeling all these things and like honestly started crying a little bit. Sure. You know, not wailing like a baby, but of course, you know, it was just overwhelming and I've never felt that before. Was it COVID related? Like, were you worried to go back because of the conditions under COVID and like, you know, how it's, it seems like the entire public school system has just been turned on its head since COVID has happened. Did that add to some of your anxieties? Yeah. Mostly because, you know, students at the school I'm at have the option to be remote or not. Having to balance my kids in class while also my kids at home for a while was very, very hard to do. And I didn't feel like we were adequately trained to handle that. And so trying to figure it out on my own was really tough. I can't imagine. You know, I've seen on the news how, you know, students are in the classroom. They've got this on the on the left hand side screens with students that are remote learning. And then you've got desks in front of you. And so you're trying to cater to both. That's never happened before. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, you prepared your entire life to learn a subject like mathematics, then you decided that you wanted to teach that subject and to teach it in an environment that's completely different than what you were used to or that you expected can be a momentous, momentous task. Mm -hmm. I know you aren't the only person who feels this way, and I can't imagine what you go through as a teacher. What should the school system do to bring back disheartened teachers like yourself? That's a good question. I One, I think, would be to incentivize people to become teachers. I've talked to a couple other of my friends that I work with about my decision to, at the time, maybe not come back. And it was really encouraging. All of them that I talked to said, we want you to stay. But as a young person just starting out their career, I totally understand. And I wouldn't recommend this career to someone starting out. I think that said something for these people you know, that I had in class. They were my teacher that had been doing it for such a long time, say... I don't blame you for quitting. Absolutely. It was weird and like relieving in a way. Yeah. Is it a labor of love? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So is the pay the biggest issue with regards to teaching? I feel like teachers are in the top three professions in the United States, right? So they do the job of teaching our children and preparing them for success in the United States, right? How do you justify not spending the majority of our resources on teachers. What does that make you feel like when you work your entire life and decide that you wanted to be a teacher, you had the tools to do it, and you know, you're know you reimbursed $10,000 above the poverty line? What does that feel like? It feels, you know, I'm not the only one that feels this way, but I guess undervalued. I hear a lot that people are like, man, I should become a teacher. You get summer break off, you get winter break. I mean, which is cool. I'm not going to lie. But when I consider like how many hours I'd spend at home grading, lesson planning, staying up so late, just trying to figure everything out, recording videos for my remote kids now, I think it more than balances out. How do you think students are underserved by the current structure of public schooling? I think the fact that class sizes are so big for the most part, I don't think that they're given the opportunity to learn in an environment that would be best for them. 
I'm thinking if I'm a kid that doesn't perform well, say in my class, then they deserve my attention to help bring them up to everyone else. Like they deserve that. And at the same time, these students that are super high achieving, they also deserve to be pushed by me to do more. And so finding a balance to help both of those students is really hard. And I feel like no matter what you do, one of them's being underserved, as you said. And so I think not being in a position to learn the best way that they can is by far like the thing we do to them. Yeah. So it puts you between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. You want to give the best possible outcome to each student, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. How do you feel we're doing preparing them for the 21st century? Do you think that we are preparing our kids to be successful in this new economy that we're entering into? Maybe I would say yes, I think, because, I mean, school's hard and life is hard. And so trying to figure it out when they're young, it gets as good practice for when they get out there. Do you think that they're ready for working in the technology space? You know, which a lot of people believe is now going to be kind of the future of our economy when it comes to working with computers. And and it's not so much just coding or programming or anything like that, but really understanding how to work in this new space of technology, of automation, engineering. Do you feel like students are properly prepared to be able to say, hey, I'm going to graduate high school and I want to go and be an engineer, which I'm assuming is a pretty common practice in high schools and especially in an area like this where we have universities that cater to an enge- to engineers and you know other facets such as that I guess all students know, but I think the opportunities are there for sure. One of my best friends as a teacher there teaches coding, computer hardware, website design, and the kids are given that opportunity to take that class and the ones that do love it. And I think those kids are well suited for that area when they leave. Is it a required course? No, no. Um, it's optional. Do you ever feel like the classical education that we currently have now and the education that is, is catering to the new uh, economy Do you ever feel like, should we be shifting from, say, trigonometry to website design? You know, should we be making more of an effort to say, okay, maybe not chemistry, but computer coding? I think there should be some of that for sure. And I'll even admit, as a math teacher... There's some stuff that I teach that I don't think is going to help them later. For instance, when's the last time you used properties of logarithms? Probably never. And so I do think there should be some of that, but I don't think math is really ever a bad thing. I think it's more about teaching you how to think. Right. Critical thinking. Right. Then, you know, circle theorems is just thinking for themselves and thinking logically. But there should be some of that. Yeah, I think so. Are kids getting better at math? I think overall... Probably. Good. It feels like there's more of an emphasis on on mathematics, on critical thinking with this whole new explosion of algorithms and the importance of algorithms. It seems like math comes second nature now. If you want to develop algorithms or even work in anything technology based, you know, you're going to have to be relatively good at mathematics. What are your plans from here? I mean, what's next for Mr. Kennan? I got to get this school year over with first. That's not already in, in the background for me. Um, I want to get these kids torn as much as I can and to help them as much as possible before I leave because we still have a month of school left. So I don't want to take that for granted. But uh, I actually took a full-time teaching position at the university here starting next year. So I'm pretty stoked about that. What are you What are you most excited about? Um, shifting from teaching in a public school setting to teaching at a university? 
Well, the amount of stress will be way less. Uh, I feel like there's more freedom in how I want to teach the class. You know, I won't feel as rushed as I am to get through so much material. And I feel like I relate well, I should say, with that young college age group being relatively young myself. What are your plans from here? What's next for Mr. Kennan? I actually took a full-time teaching position at the university here starting next year. That's great, man. So is it going to be a lot different teaching from the public school setting to teaching in a university setting? It'll be way different. And I'm really excited. A lot less stress, a lot more freedom in how I want to teach the material. And I've always felt that I I relate really well with that young college age student because that's really what I started out teaching was, you know, in grad school, we had to teach college algebra. I had to tutor these college freshmen and that's really where I got my feet wet and I loved it. Being able to relate to that age group is really easy to me and I enjoy it a lot. Not that I don't like high schoolers. I think it fits me better. Right. You said you get to teach more how you want. Mm -hmm. If you can, you know, kind of elaborate a little bit on that. What are you expecting your experience to be like when you teach at, at a university level as opposed to a public school level in terms of how you teach What's one example that you feel like is probably paramount in that statement? For example, I've taught adjunct at this same university for a few semesters and I haven't been observed once, which is great because I mean, they trust me. I have two degrees in math, so I feel like I can explain it at least semi well. I mean, it's awesome to be trusted to teach it how I want while in say a high school class, if I'm going to get observed, I have to make sure I check all these boxes and I have to, you know, use a certain amount of buzzwords, which isn't how I would normally teach that lesson. I just have to, what seems like perform for the principal there instead of being what's genuinely me and how I think would best serve my students. It's like I'm putting on a show just to get a good grade myself. Does it cut down on your creativity? Teaching in the high school? Yeah. I feel like teaching is a bit of an art. Um, relating with your students and getting them to engage, especially in a world where everything's going 100 miles an hour and, you know, they say that almost everyone has some form of ADD. Getting people to engage and to learn and to absorb content is so difficult. You know, thinking outside of the box and getting creative and thinking of new and interesting and exciting ways for kids to learn is one of the most important parts of being a teacher. So, for you to be put into this box and say, you know, you're going to have to do it this way because this is what our expectation is and we need solidarity in execution. That's got to be tough, man. I, I mean, I get it. You know, I, I get why you want to be able to dictate how you teach. And more importantly, I think I think university students understand that. And I think they resonate with that. And I think they give you a little bit more engagement. They know that you're not being forced to stick to a lesson plan to a T and you can kind of go off script and find ways to teach them something that they don't know about. Right. I know this isn't a easy decision and there will be a lot of things you'll miss about teaching. What are you going to miss the most? This is probably the easiest question you've asked and it's 100% the kids, not even close. They're probably the only reason I didn't stop sooner just because you know, we mentioned stress and anxiety and stuff. But as I said, once we get there and the bell rings, it's gone because, I mean, they're awesome. I mean, sure, some of them are like knuckleheads, but I mean, they're in high school. What, what, what should I expect? Of course. I'm kind of too young to think of them as my kids, as I'm sure some other teachers do. But I genuinely think of them as like my younger siblings and I treat them like they are. I tell them all the time, I see them way more often than my actual sister. 
and you try to get the most out of them yeah, to perform I mean, at a high level. Yeah. And if like if I'm pushing them, it's because I you know want them to do better. I care about them just as if I were to care about my little sister. And so easily I'm going to miss in the most. Not even close. So we always like to end the show on a high note. Who's someone that makes you better when you're together? I would definitely say my dad. As I grew up, we were always really close. It was kind of this thing where my mom and my sister had their own thing. They were into horses and stuff, and we weren't about that. But my dad and I would watch football a lot. He would make me watch NASCAR races, which I didn't like that much. But he's always been like the best person I've ever, I'm around, you know, just because he's so hardworking and so genuine and so just like kind to people. It's so humbling to be around him, you know, because he's so, in my eyes, so great. Sorry, my eyes are kind of watering right now, but. He made you the person you are today. Oh, yeah. In terms of who probably influenced me to who I am right now the most, easily my dad. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Better Together with Costa Yepafonso. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Writing and production by Morgan Franklin. Want to find out more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonso.com. We're better together.